The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The Art History Babes. Art History Babe Briefs. Welcome to the Art History Babe Brief. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie, and we are the Art History Babes. We have a quick episode for you today. Just a little reminder in case you're new here. We have several different kinds of episodes on this podcast channel, and one of them are our Art History Babe Briefs, also known as Art History BBs. And these episodes are pretty much just quick explanations. They're supposed to be better for, you know, younger audiences, educational resource. We do do a little bit of discussion, but it's more just trying to give you the facts. And also right now, Art History Babies are geared specifically towards art that is on the AP Art History exam. So we try and cover as much as we can about those topics on that exam for those who are studying for it. And if you're not studying for it, you know, it's just something fun to learn. So that's what's happening right now. Art History Babe Brief episode for you. Also, another great educational resource is our book, The Honest Art Dictionary. If you haven't heard about it, we've been talking about it a lot, and there's a whole episode where we talk about it, but you can find it all over the place, including links that can be found on our website, arthistorybabes.com. We wrote a book. It's cool. It's pretty fun. I'm fond of it. So, you know, check it out. Yeah, I look like a narcissist with the amount of books I have around my apartment of honest art dictionaries um (laughs) did you know that i wrote a book (laughs) it's like that's what it looks like it's just they're ever present i have a project i'm probably gonna do a tiktok because we're on tiktok now too at art history babes for all the the youths out there (laughs) but i'm gonna do a tiktok where i'm gonna write a little note in one of my copies of the honest art dictionary and then I'm going to put it in in my neighborhood. There's one of those like little free libraries. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to leave a copy of the book for some unsuspecting person to find. <laughs> That's really cute. There's one of those actually in one of my dear friends neighborhoods here in Sacramento. I pass it every time I'm going to her house. Maybe I can do the same. Maybe yeah. we can make it a thing. Yeah. Maybe the four of us can each do it. Oh, that's cute. That's a good idea. We're so cute. The gift of knowledge. All right. For today's Art History Bay Brief, we will be covering the Malagan ceremonies of Papua New Guinea. 
particularly the masks that are created and worn specifically for these ceremonies. So let's start with a little geographical information. Papua New Guinea is a sovereign state located in Oceania, north of Australia. It is made up of a cluster of islands right below the equator. New Ireland, which is also known as Latangai, is one of the larger islands with about 120,000 residents and plenty of diversity. In fact, Papua New Guinea is one of the most diverse countries in the world, as well as one of the most rural, with only 13.25% of its people living in urban centers. There are over 30 distinct languages spoken on the island of New Ireland. In most of these languages, the word Maligan means likeness or to carve or inscribe and refers to the wood carvings that are created for the Maligan ceremonies. Additionally, the word Maligan is used to describe the ceremony as a whole and an entire system of cultural tradition. So for the purposes of this BB episode, we will be focusing primarily on the ceremonial objects known as Maligans. Maligans are objects that are carved out of wood or some other material, and these carvings may take the form of a mask, a wooden board or frieze, a sturdy house pole, a circular woven mat, or a scaled model of a canoe with human figures inside. It can also not contain the human figures, so empty or filled canoe. And they're made for ceremonial purposes, like I said, most often for funerary ceremonies. So when someone has died, you know we like to talk about funerary practices. Yeah, throwback to another baby episode. We did Etruscan funerary art a while back, like a year ago, I think. So Mm -hmm. you can check that one out after you're finished here. All right. Tatanuas. So on the island of New Ireland, the Maligan masks are also known as Tatanuas, and they are worn by the ceremonial dancers. The face masks are often carved from lime wood and decorated with sugarcane fibers, wool, shells, feathers, seeds, and or animal hair. So any combination of those things and probably other decorative elements as well. Mm -hmm. They are colored using chalk and natural dyes. Some masks will include optical brighteners, which create a slight blue fluorescence. So this is typically an imported chemical that can create a a little bit of a blue tone on white. Mm Mm-hmm. The earlobes of the mask are typically elongated and pierced, and the mouth is agape with the teeth showing. These masks can represent various things, including dead ancestors, spirit doubles, also known as doppelgangers, or Mm -hmm. bush spirits associated with the specific area. Yeah, that spiritual doubles definitely caused pause earlier. I was like, huh. We also have an old episode about doppelgangers, so check that out. Malagan rituals are spiritual funerary ceremonies that are held in order to communicate with deities and to show honor and respect for the deceased. The rituals are held by family members of the deceased, and they often require a great deal of preparation, particularly for the masks that we've been talking about. So mulligan masks can take several months to construct, and the death of the person being honored may not be officially marked until it's time for the ritual. And some of these ceremonies take months to years to actually build up the funds, prepare everything. 
So that's a long time to mm-hmm. wait. I think it's actually pretty cool, though, because, you know, death, life, time, it's all fluid and it all has the meaning we place on it. So they're not confined by time in order to get this done. They take their time, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. So mannequins or statues representing the deceased are often present and they're adorned with anthropomorphic symbols meant to represent aspects of the individual's soul, such as representations of animals like fish or birds And the images reference specific cultural myths as well as the individual characteristics. So it's kind of a micro macro thing where the symbols say something about the individual person, but it also says something about their family, about their ancestors, their village, etc. Yeah, and it really speaks to the fact that these ceremonies are very much a a meshing together of celebration of the individual and celebration of the collective, right? Mm-hmm. You're honoring the individual deceased person, but you're also honoring the collective. You're honoring the community that this person was a part of as well, which is cool. Very cool. So for example, in this Maligan figure from circa 1882 to 1883, There is a rock cod depicted at the base. The rock cod is an important symbol in the myth about the founding of the first social group in this area. Also, fun fact, the rock cod changes gender as it grows older. So in this context, the symbol of the rock cod could represent some type of personal transformation as well as the identity of one social group. On a communal level, Maligan rituals are a means of expelling the dead spirits or devils from the community. They are also a time for community members to display their skills. So only the most respected in the community are given the honor of performing the ritual dance. So this is the dance where you wear the Maligan masks. Mm -hmm. And with the Maligans, community members are really displaying their craftsmanship and creativity to not only members of the community, but members of neighboring communities, because this is really a very big ritual and a big celebration. So it's it's kind of a way for them to show off their skills and their abilities. Yeah. And it's definitely worth taking the time to go watch YouTube videos of the actual dances and ceremonies, mm-hmm. because as much as we can do our best to explain it to you. There's nothing like actually seeing these dances performed. Yeah, there's some really good content on YouTube to check that out for sure. Let's take a quick break. Let's do it. All right, we're back. So the development of the visual style of Maligan masks follows rules that are somewhat similar to copyright. So Sculptors will sell the right to a specific design or figure and the family of the deceased person now owns it. So when they're carving the figure, the artist secludes himself into a special enclosure out of sight from everyone else in the village. And for months, he inscribes a piece of driftwood with a set of images that come to him in dreams. And these are animals or other motifs that are chosen to represent the particular person's matriline. So especially on this island of Papua New Guinea, they are a matrilinear society. So they follow the lineage of women within a family line. So as we know, we live in a patriarchy. But we're we're currently smashing it. But they have it already figured out because they're following the female line. 
So examples of this can include snakes, birds, fish, other various figures. And once the family gains ownership of that particular Malagon design, then the artist can no longer make that style. So no one else gets it. It's discontinued unless it's for that family. And he has to now think of new, more innovative designs, which is a very cool way to just keep things ever evolving and becoming more elaborate or creative. Yeah, definitely. Kind of the concept of having to work within a certain set of constraints can lead to more creativity. So yeah, if you're constantly like, okay, I have to come up with something new, like this is no longer on the table, that's definitely going to lead to a lot of innovation in terms of design and just elaboration of, of what the figure can even be or what it can look like. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's just interesting... Because I read a lot of sources that brought up this thing about copyright and Mm -hmm. how it's similar to copyright, which it is. But it's also interesting because this is like in a spiritual context and it's in a ritualized Mm -hmm. context. And so just this concept of almost like a spiritual ownership, almost like energetically passing this design onto this family because it was part of the funerary rights for a member I think is really interesting. I don't know if I have much more to say on it than that, but I just think it's really interesting. No, for sure it is. It was one of the more intriguing aspects of all of this to me, just because other words or descriptors made sense. But when I read copyright, it stopped me to be like, wait, copyright? (laughs) Like the first time. So yeah, there are a lot of articles that brought it up. But the first time I heard it was actually in a YouTube video where they were interviewing a man about these masks. And so when the interviewer said like a copyright, and he said, yes, I was like, okay. (laughs) And then yeah, it became more clear. But spiritual copyright, man. I mean, I think especially for this ownership is necessary because it's so particular to a person in a family, if that makes sense. It's like a portrait. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I guess it also makes me think of like uh, Western funerary rituals, like are there copyrights on certain designs of coffin, you know, things like this, like what? Yeah. What are the, uh, yeah, where do these things intersect? I don't know. Just something to think about. Also something to think about, ephemerality. So yeah, like, are we even the art history babes if we don't discuss the inevitability of death? I don't think Mm so. Um, (laughs) When we started working on on this episode, I was like, are we like ever not talking about death? Mm -hmm. Like, like I didn't even intentionally when we chose this topic, I like intentionally was like, okay, we need to do something that's like not spooky because we just did so much spooky content. (laughs) And then it ended up being about death anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. It's about death. We're all dying. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So the Maligan masks can be classified as what we call ephemeral art. And if you don't know, ephemerality means lasting a short amount of time or fleeting. And the term ephemeral art is typically used to describe an artwork that is meant to decay or at least intended to be impermanent. So the artwork has a lifespan. It intentionally has a lifespan. Also, if you'd like to know more, ephemeral art is defined in our book, The Honest Art Dictionary. Check it out. Shameless Um, plug. Always, always. 
Just trying to survive under capitalism, guys. I'm I'm not going to apologize. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> never. <laughs> Maligans are an example of ephemerality with a spiritual or ritualistic purpose. As we mentioned, the artist sort of gives the rights of the design to the family of the deceased. Additionally, Maligans are given power and authority from their creator and are used for a very specific ritualized purpose and for the honoring of a specific person or family. And for this reason, they are often destroyed after the ceremony. Yeah, I love this aspect of it. And not only because ephemeral art is the coolest, but just the ways in which they destroy them. Did you get into any of that? I did not. So sometimes they'll leave them on the actual burial site. Sometimes they'll just straight up destroy them, like fire, whatever, destroy. (laughs) Sometimes they'll just go put them up in a remote part of the forest Mm. and let it like decay and get like consumed by the forest. I like that. That's very romantic. And another thing that they do that they still consider destroying it is sell it to Western museums. Yes. <laughs> Which I was like, that is the best. They're just like, well, let's not make some money off of it. It'll be out there in, you know, Germany getting seen by all these tourists. Like, cool. Okay. But I love like the idea of it being sold to a museum as destruction yes. is like super metal. <laughs> like I love that. <laughs> Me too. Because it's the idea that some people act like, you know, like the objects like this being in a museum is bad for, you know, a myriad of reasons. And it can be like some of it is stolen stuff. It's not good. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, it's flipped on its head and it's these artists realizing that they've created something that's valuable it monetarily to other people in a way that it's not to them anymore. So they're like, yeah, I will sell you my garbage and you can yeah, have it. Well, we were going to set it on fire anyways. So. <laughs> yes, I can feed it to the forest or I can sell it to this museum. Like, whatever. It's yeah. all the same to me. It's great. <laughs> love it. I love that so much. That's great. That's a great note to end on. Agreed. Very cool. Yeah. So Maligan Masks. If you have any any additional thoughts or any information you'd like to share, you can hit us up at arthistorybabes at gmail.com. We are also on the Instagram at Art History Babes Podcast. And as I said, TikTok at Art History Babes. What else? Oh, Patreon. If you like us, if you get something out of this content, if you appreciate, you know, the time and effort we put into this, we would love to see you on our Patreon. There's lots of cool stuff going on over there. Lots of bonus content, bonus podcasts, bonus videos, book club, Art History Babes book club starting up. You can get stickers, you can get t-shirts. There's just all kinds of goodies. So patreon.com slash art history babes to help us keep this ship cruising. And yeah, I think that's all the things. I think so. Thank you for listening, y'all. Bye. Bye. The art history babes.